Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Me thy aid, sir knight, if I am to subdue them. But thou hast not the heart for it. Boaster. Evil boaster, answered the youth, what dost thou ask of me? Not much, sir knight, nothing at all for one who has strength and ardour of soul. Thou needest only look at the sea steadily and keenly for one half hour, without ever ceasing to wish with all thy might that it should foam and rage and swell, and never again rest till winter has laid its icy hold upon your mountains. Then winter is enough to hinder Duke Menelaus from his voyage to Montfaucon. And now give me a lock of your black hair, which is blowing so wildly about your head, like ravens or vultures' wings. The youth drew his sharp dagger, madly cut off a lock of his hair, threw it to the strange being, and now gazed, as he desired, powerfully wishing, on the waves of the sea. And softly, quite softly, did the waters steer themselves, as one whispers in troubled dreams who would gladly rest and cannot. Sintram was on the point of giving up, when in the moonbeams a ship appeared, with wide swelling sails, towards the south. Anguish came over him that Gabriel would soon thus quickly sail away. He wished again with all his power, and fixed his eyes intently on the watery abyss. Sintram, a voice might have said to him, Ah, Sintram, art thou indeed the same who so lately wert gazing on the moistened heaven of the eyes of Gabriel? And now the waters heaved more mightily, and the howling tempest swept over the ocean. The breakers, white with foam, became visible in the moonlight. Then the little master threw the lock of Sintram's hair up towards the clouds, and as it was blown to and fro by the blast of wind, the storm burst in all its fury so that sea and sky were covered with one thick cloud, and far off might be heard the cries of distress from many a sinking vessel. But the crazy pilgrim with the dead man's bones rose up in the midst of the waves, close to the shore, gigantic, tall, fearfully rocking. The boat in which he stood was hidden from sight, so mightily raged the waves round about it. "'Thou must save him, little master, thou must certainly save him!' cried Sintram's voice, angrily entreating through the roaming of the winds and waves. But the dwarf replied with a laugh, Be quite at rest for him, he will be able to save himself. The waves can do him no harm, seest thou? They are only begging of him, and therefore they jump up so boldly round him, and he gives them bountiful alms. Very bountiful, that I can assure thee. In fact, as it seemed, the pilgrim threw some bones into the sea, 
and passed scatheless on his way. Sintram felt his blood run cold with horror, and he rushed wildly towards the castle. His companion had either fled or vanished away. Chapter 13 In the castle, Bjorn and Gabriel and Folk of Montfaucon were sitting round the great stone table, from which, since the arrival of his noble guests, those suits of armour had been removed, formerly the established companions of the lord of the castle, and placed all together in a heap in the adjoining room. At this time, while the storm was beating so furiously against doors and windows, it seemed as if the ancient armour were also stirring in the next room, and Gabrielle several times half rose from her seat in great alarm, fixing her eyes on the small iron door, as though she expected to see an armed spectre issue therefrom, bending with his mighty helmet through the low vaulted doorway. The knight beyond smiled grimly and said, as if he had guessed her thoughts, Oh, he will never again come out thence. I have put an end to that for ever. His guests stared at him doubtingly, and with a strange air of unconcern, as though the storm had awakened all the fierceness of his soul, he began the following history. I was once a happy man myself. I could smile as you do, and I could rejoice in the morning as you do. That was before the hypocritical chaplain had so bewildered the wise mind of my lovely wife with his cunning talk that she went into a cloister and left me alone with our wild boy. That was not fair usage from the fair Verena. Well, so it was that in the first days of her dawning beauty, before I knew her, many knights sought her hand, amongst whom was her Vigan the Slender, and towards him the gentle maiden showed herself the most favourably inclined. Her parents were well aware that Vigan's rank and station were little below their own, and that his early fame as a warrior without reproach stood high, so that before long Verin and he were accounted as affianced. It happened one day that they were walking together in the orchard, when a shepherd was driving his flock up the mountain beyond. The maiden saw a little snow-white lamb frolicking gaily, and longed for it. Vigan vaults over the railings, overtakes the shepherd, and offers him two gold bracelets for the lamb. But the shepherd will not part with it, and scarcely listens to the knight, going quietly the while up the mountainside, with Vigan close upon him. At last Vigan loses patience. He threatens, and the shepherd, sturdy and proud like all of his race in our northern land, threatens in return. Suddenly Vigan's swords resounds upon his head. The stroke should have fallen flat, but who can control a fiery horse or a drawn sword? The bleeding shepherd, with a cloven skull, falls down the precipice. His frightened flock bleeds on the mountain. Only the little lamb runs in its terror to the orchard, pushes itself through the garden rails, and lies on Verena's feet, as if asking for help, all red with its master's blood. She took it up in her arms, and from that moment never suffered Vigan the Slender to appear again before her face. She continued to cherish the little lamb, and seemed to take pleasure in nothing else in the world, and became pale and turned towards heaven, as the lilies are. She would soon have taken the veil, but just then I came to aid her father in a bloody war, and rescued him from his enemies. The old man represented this to her, and, softly smiling, she gave me her lovely hand. His grief would not suffer the unhappy Vigan to remain in his own country. It drove him forth as a pilgrim to Asia, whence our forefathers came, and there he did wonderful deeds, both of valour and self-abasement. 
Surely my heart was strangely weak when I heard him spoken of at that time. After some years he returned, and wished to build church or monastery on that mountain towards the west, whence the walls of my castle are distinctly seen. It was said that he wished to become a priest there, but it fell out otherwise, for some pirates had sailed from the southern seas, and hearing of the building of this monastery, their chief thought to find much gold belonging to the lord of the castle and to the master builders, or else, if he surprised and carried them off, to extort from them a mighty ransom. He did not yet know northern courage and northern weapons, but he soon gained that knowledge. Having landed in the creek under the black rocks, he made his way through a by-path up to the building, surrounded it, and thought in himself that the affair was now ended. Ha! Then out rushed Weigand and his builders, and fell upon them with swords and hatchets and hammers. The heathens fled away to their ships, with Weigand behind to take vengeance on them. In passing by our castle he caught a sight of Verena on the terrace, and for the first time during so many years she bestowed a courteous and kind salutation on the glowing victor. At that moment a dagger, hurled by one of the pirates in the midst of his hasty flight, struck Weigand's uncovered head, and he fell to the ground, bleeding and insensible. He completed the route of the heavens. Then I had the wounded knight brought into the castle, and my pale Verena glowed as lilies in the light of the morning sun, and Weigand opened his eyes with a smile when he was brought near her. He refused to be taken into any room but the small one close to this, where the armor is now placed. For he said that he felt as if it were a cell, like that which he hoped soon to inhabit in his quiet cloister. All was done after his wish. My sweet Verena nursed him, and he appeared at first to be on the straightest road to recovery, but his head continued weak and liable to be confused by the slightest emotion. His walk was rather a falling than a walking, and his cheeks were colourless. We could not let him go. When we were sitting here together in the evening, he used always to come tottering into the hall through the low doorway, and my heart was sad and wrathful too, when the soft eyes of Verena beamed so sweetly on him, and a glow like that of the evening sky hovered above her lily cheeks. But I bore it, and I could have borne it to the end of our lives, when, alas, Verena went into a cloister. His head fell so heavily on his folded hands that the stone table seemed to groan beneath it, and he remained a long while motionless as a corpse. When he again raised himself up, his eyes glared fearfully as he looked round the hall, and he said to Folko, "'Your beloved hamburgers, Gotthard Lenz and Rudlieb his son, they have much to answer for. Who bid them come and be shipwrecked so close to my castle?' Folko cast a piercing look on him, and a fearful inquiry was on the point of escaping his lips, but another look at the trampling Gabriel made him silent, at least for the present moment and the night beyond continued his narrative. Verena was with her nuns, I was left alone, and my despair had driven me throughout the day, through forest and broken mountain. In the twilight I returned to my deserted castle, and scarcely was I in the hall, when the little door creaked, and Weigand, who had slept through all, crept towards me and asked, Where can Verena be? Then I became as mad and howled to him, She's gone mad, and so am I, and you also, and now we are all mad. Merciful heaven, the wound on his head burst open, and a dark stream flowed over his face. Ah, how different from the redness when Verena met him at the castle gate, and he rushed forth, raving mad into the wilderness without. 
and ever since has wandered all around as a crazy pilgrim. He was silent, and so were Folko and Gabrielle, all three pale and cold like images of the dead. At length the fearful narrator added in a low voice, and as if he were quite exhausted, He has visited me since that time, but he will never again come through the little door. Have I not established peace and order in my castle? End of section 5